Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood Podcast. This is Chelsea, and I want you to create a happy family. I use my background in Western and Eastern medicine, birth, and ancient yogic practices to help the modern mother learn how to live a healthier life and create conscious children. This is your guide to fertility, conception, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and the early childhood years. Are you ready to live the life of your dreams? Welcome back to the Mystical Motherhood Podcast Season 3. This is a really exciting episode. Sarah's here as our guest, and she's going to talk about different aspects of her personality that are completely destroying her happiness. And so in this episode, we name these aspects of her personality, which you will learn how to do too. And so you can begin to make a joke about how much you want to destroy yourself. It becomes a little bit funny. I talk about where these aspects of our subpersonalities live, how we can identify when they're arising, how to map them out, how to draw them out on paper, how to find them within your auric field. And basically how to understand how one major sabotager or subconscious aspect can take over your life and then almost create a cancer spreading out to different aspects and, um, slight, you know, sliding into other things like your, the way you eat or the way you approach people or the way that you leave your house or the, how they function and how they are always going to try to win your life and take you away from your highest destiny. So I hope that you love this podcast. If you do, please subscribe, please leave a message at mysticalmotherhood.com. Both of my books, Fertile, and Mystical Motherhood can be found on Amazon and you can go to www.mysticalmotherhood.com to write me any questions about these podcasts, to um, find my books and to work with me privately. Otherwise, leave a rating below on this um, podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay. So how are you doing? Um, uh, I'm fine. Yes and no. <laughs> Actually, I was um, uh, lately. I had uh, a lot of uh, thoughts in my mind, uh, a lot of fears, uh, negativity, and for me, I have the feeling it's like um, as if my thoughts or my negative thoughts would be a person. You know, almost like as if they would attack me out of nowhere you know I would have like two weeks rest and then out of nowhere I wake up one morning and it's like the flow of everything like everything I hate about my husband uh, everything that went wrong during my birth um, every fear that I have about the future for the baby and, and you know so it's you find this, right you there. find this connected to your menstrual cycle um I'm not you don't know your menstrual cycle right now right I, I don't have any, no. In the, the past, have, has anything ever been connected to the cycle, though? Um, yes. I mean, I was more uh, neurotic when I had my, my periods. <laughs> so, you know, like, uh, yeah, more negativity or, or just being angry or emotions out of control. That would be the case. Okay, so when you have these thoughts... These sabotagers, 
which we can call them sub personalities. So this is Sarah, everyone. And Sarah and I have been working together for a little while and she had a baby and she found my work somehow magically. And then she reached out and started to do some sessions and you've changed. It seems like a lot, right? Mm, yeah. It has been really a big, big change. I discovered you actually through your podcast. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then did you read the books yet or no? I read both of your books. Okay. So, did they help yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which uh, I re- more for people that are listening? Mm, I, uh, so I would say the first one, The Mystical Motherhood, I read it after giving birth. And I regret it a bit because it was really uh, so many information about how to prepare uh, the pregnancy, how to eat well and this kind of things. And uh, right after uh, giving birth, it has really helped me with postpartum. Yeah. I struggled with it really. like uh, It was really crazy. <laughs> a lot of things uh, at once when the baby came. Um, and with Fertile, so it's your second book. Uh, it was really a, a completely different approach. I never heard about secret geometry before. So um, taking it down to everything, like, you know, all the cells, when you create a baby, everything has a, is, is it like a number, is a specific number, specific form, geometrical form, is, is really, really crazy and, and actually you see it everywhere, right? I mean, every molecule around you, water molecules, everything you eat, it's, it's, there is this perfect shape always. You know? Right. Great. So, uh, so it was really, really interesting. I must say, uh, the second book as well. I am sure I understood everything, you know, uh, I, I might need to, to read it once again to now that I've given birth because I read it like, uh, several months before I gave birth. So, um, so it was really interesting in a, in a way that also I could uh, prepare birth and uh, prepare for the coming of the child. So that, that was uh, really the good thing about this. Yeah. So let's start from there and then we're going to go into these thought patterns and what they are. Mm. So just like in Fertile, when I talk about the elements and I talk about the awakening process, so there's different ways to go through an awakening process. But one of the most basic forms is the, the elements because we're made of the elements. So there's 108 elements around the universe and we have five on this planet that are tangible and within all of us. And so as we go through the awakening process, we move through fire, through water, through earth, through, I mean, through air next, earth, and then ether. And then you'll repeat it. And so you, you, be, you alchemize. So in these ancient you know, in Prague and where you're located in Europe and the, the alchemization, these, these masters that were talking about alchemy, that hiding it in formulas, were really just talking about finding consciousness, high consciousness of God within yourself. And so you likely were going through the fire element before you became pregnant, somehow in your life, your job or something. And everyone who's listening, that's why motherhood is like, I, I, I work with women specifically in the process of motherhood because want it or not, you're going to change. And it's an opportunity to really change. And so typically before a woman becomes pregnant, you're going to go through some sort of a fire element. It's a catastrophe or a change or a boyfriend or a thing. And for me, it was a Kundalini awakening. And then you move into the water element when you're pregnant. And the water element is the emotional body. 
And so when I talked in Fertile about the emotional body can either be like an ocean completely out of whack and out, you know, out there, no boundaries, you know, projections, um, constant, like just like the mother God is out of control, or it can be like a swimming pool. And I wish I had the book on me to read the section because it's really powerful, but it's like a swimming pool and you become, you know, once your emotional body, which is the process you're going through right now, postpartum, because you're literally letting go of the water and water also is a dissolution of the things in your life. Um, so if you're moving, you'd often like give away objects. It wouldn't surprise me if you move soon. You know, it's like a part of the process of awakening. So you can know exactly what element you're in as you're moving through it. So right now, these, so the water is also a representation of the subconscious, of the unconscious. And so it's also a reflection of the moon. And so that's when you become very psychic. Like I became very psychic when I was in my water element. I was in my, I was in each of these elements for a years at a time. Um, and, and some people can go through them really quickly. And then some people need longer. Like I was in the fire element for five or six years of complete fire every single day. It was very painful. And then the water element, it, it, that's when I became psychic. And so you can utilize where you are in the water element right now. And so all the, and, and, and also recognize that you're also experiencing your subconscious. So the water is the subconscious, this buried stuff. You'll begin to, you know, have dreams where you're swimming or you're in water. That's when you know you're in these elements. Sometimes um, if you're having dreams, you're in guck, you're going, it's all alchemy. It's just your consciousness shifting. And then eventually when you become more balanced in your emotional body and you're not so responsive to the partner and, and reactive and emotional and, you know, bent up, you're going to move into wind and the wind will come through. Just like I explained in the book, fertile, um, which is available on Amazon on my website, mysticalmotherhood.com. But the wind will come in and anything that's left over that's emotional, it comes in quick. Like, Oh, it's like, it almost like, I want to say the F word. It's like, let me F with, you know, mess with you and it will like the winds like a storm like like can you handle this like and so you'll you likely move like a lot of people are going to the wind element they'll start moving i started to travel the world so you'll you'll maybe start to travel with your child or you'll go back to work or it's a more of a movement and so it's like how emotionally stable are you to move through this and how quickly can we move you through the awakening process faster and then the earth element will ground you again and then the ether gets you deep, deep into God. So right now, when you're having these subconscious thought forms that are arising within you of these different thought patterns, they are people. So people have, a either people have, some people have entities in them, and I don't believe you do, but we all have these kind of self-sabotagers or alternative personalities or aspects of the mind. And Yogi Bhajan said, I think there's 84 aspects of the mind and a minimum of 26 different personalities within every individual. So that's why these Kundalini meditations, I choose them because they are the, fa they, they are the fastest thing on this planet that I know of that changes your consciousness so that you don't have so many damn personalities. And so if, we, if we're hard to deal with by ourselves, like if we know our mind's hard to deal with and we begin to awaken and see our own mind we are then we can see of how crazy we are to these other people you know what i mean like just so when you begin to see yourself and just like god that was nuts and, and then you know, my partner thinks i'm crazy you know yeah. what, what the hell is he going through and then you can have compassion for the man because he's dealing with it. and then it's funny and then life becomes funny because i promise you moving to another man 
you're just going to get the same, the same thing, right? So let's go deep mm. into different thought patterns. Do you have your pen and paper on you, Sarah? Do you have any yes. pen and paper or like a phone? Here, grab, you have it? Yes, yes. That's good. Okay, so give me three of the go-to sabotagers that like to mess with you. So this is like, and it's particularly when it gets really good. And it's also when we begin to create what we want. So for example, I've been talking about my podcast. I was create. I've been in the process of creating a beautiful relationship because I went through a divorce and all these different things. And now I've manifested it. And so my sab- my sabotagers are coming out very quickly. And so I, all my little girl sabotagers are coming out and saying, how can I mess this up? You know, it's like, let me, let me test my trust. Let me test my abandonment issues. So what I would have before gone into what you're doing right now, like, yeah. like for days and days of abandonment, I'm now catching probably within three to five minutes. And then I say to myself, oh, the little girl is afraid of abandonment. This man's not abandoning me. <laughs> There's nothing to that. There's, it's not a reality. So when things start to get good, we often begin to sabotage ourselves with these sub-personalities and sometimes entities that live within us and want to ruin our lives. Mm. Who are your three main sabotagers? Let's go to, I'm just calling them sabotagers. We can call them Ed, Fred, Jen. We can give them, mm. and then we're going to go back in your childhood and I bet you, I mean, this is a great exercise. It's actually just coming through right now. So let's say Ed, Fred, and Jen. You make your own name. <laughs> and then we'll say, Ed, that's daddy. And then we could probably circle daddy. And then we could go to about three other memories where daddy messed with you and created that, that form that you pattern within you of that creates Ed in your current moment. And Ed wants mm-hmm. to destroy you. And this, I'm breaking it down like a child would, like mathematics, like six minus two is four. And it's just, it's that simple. So then these belief mm-hmm. systems keep you from living your best life. Yeah. What's your thought on this? Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, I would say there are definitely more than three <laughs> in my life. It's, I want you to write them out for depends. us. I want you to write yeah. them out for us because you're really talking for everybody who's listening right now because everybody does this. So I'm going to talk about mine while you begin. You begin to write yours out. I'm going to tell everybody mine because I love to... I have no shame. Like I, like if I'm going crazy, I'm like, Oh, I'm going nuts. Let's laugh about it. And luckily this man that I've manifested, I manifested a very high partnership. And I'm like, and I see how my trust issues are still not healed. I, um, catch it now within minutes. Then abandonment issues came up, catching it within minutes. But I had to go to the little girl of like, okay, when did you feel abandoned? And then also, other and like other sabotagers can come into your thoughts too. So like your dead grandma, let's say could come in and be like, you're not safe. You're not safe because all of the ancestral generational patterns are going to affect you too. Does this make sense, Sarah? Mm-hmm, take, for take sure. Time and write, it, write out your sabotagers. Um, I have actually already a few. Um, so the one we, we talked already together about is uh, the victimhood. So okay, victimhood. always in, yeah, the need to, to play the victim so that people show me love, compassion. Um, yeah. So, so there's pattern. one. What, what do you want to name this one? What's its name? 
Because it makes it kind uh, of funny. You can start to laugh with your partner. You can be like, oh, Jen's talking right now. What do you want to name this one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe. Joe. Okay, so because then you're going to make fun of it because it begins to become a joke. And then once it's funny, it's not going to, you're not going to, like I, like my first husband, he knew exactly how to make fun of me until the end. Then it didn't, mm. it wasn't funny anymore, but like he knew how to make fun of me. So I would get out of my neurotic shit. And so for you, it's like, you need to like almost go to your partner and be like, these are my, these are the things I do to mess us up. And when Joe starts talking, <laughs> I need you to just call Joe out. And so we can both laugh and we both know it's not me. None of these things are you. These are deep programmed, programmed, mm-hmm. awful generational and childhood trauma that you're trying to release that if you do not release it, that baby's going to hold it. And so that's why you're in the emotional body of, mm. of healing it. And you're still in the water. And the water is all about emotions. And victimhood's a massive one. Mm. So congratulations for finding it and localizing it and seeing its mm. pattern. And honest to God, you could probably, and it might be a good homework, as you begin to graph it out. And count how many days you can go because I'm going to guess, since working with me, you're able to go longer, right? Like maybe, mm-hmm. like maybe you did victimhood like every other day before. And then maybe now you can go four days without victimhood. And then maybe it, it's true. victimhood and it peaks up and then you, it peaks up a little bit more and then it really goes high because nobody gave you enough attention. And then, and then Joe gets, <laughs> right? Joe goes really up, up high and then Joe's like, okay, fine. I got my attention. I'm okay now. You know, and yeah. then... And it's, it's like a, it's like a heart breath of like, are you going to pay attention? Are you going to pay attention to me? Do I still live within you? And then once the, it's like, once you begin to catch that Joe quicker and like take Joe by the neck and be like, you don't own me anymore. This is not mm-hmm. me. And you look it right in the face, then it becomes what you're telling me a person. Mm. Not only is a subpersonality of you that is again, back to the sabotager, or generational pattern or whatever, but it's also like something that looks at you. So I have the teachers in Kundalini, they describe these things living in your auric field. And so when somebody's, when I'm often speaking with somebody and I'm going to show you with my eyes as I'm speaking to you, they'll look up to the left and they'll be speaking about something and they're looking up to the left. Like a lot of the clients I work with at the clinic. So they'll talk about a boyfriend or their dad or something. And they're looking up to the left or they're looking over to the right. And then I know where it's living in their field. So it's mm-hmm. living that memory or that subconscious pattern is living within their auric field up and to the left. So with Kundalini, it's like, okay, we, we know it lives there. But okay, nothing we can do about it. It's been there. Could have been lifetimes after lifetimes. Let's just do this meditation and just gonna lift it out. And you don't have to do anything. So that's great, but at least but you can also find out as you're speaking when Joe begins mm-hmm. so let's write this down. This is homework. Mm-hmm. Joe begins to arise and Joe wants to go into mode of victimhood. Mm-hmm. I want you to see how many times in a row Joe will come up until you get the attention you need. Because it's, it's, that's what you needed to do as a child, you know? And then I want you to sort of begin to see almost how you drop into, 
you can see, I want you to begin to actually watch yourself and be like, how, like there's shapeshifters on this planet. So there's all kinds of people you can see in their eyes and you can read faces. And there's, I was just teaching this to somebody the other day and shapeshifters, like I actually had a boyfriend like this and, and one moment he would be, um, one person and then his body would shape shift into something different and, and his energy field would change because he had more than one kind of personality running in it. And so when you're going into Joe, look at the way your body forms. And then I bet you it would be conform almost to the way you first had the trauma. Okay. Look at where your eyes go. And, and this is really the awakening process of like really seeing ourselves is like, so trauma lives in the face and there's a way to read trauma that Hari Jiwen, one of the teachers at Rama Institute, taught a friend because he doesn't teach it out loud. So when you're looking at somebody's photo, just, just a thought, just something to know about ourselves and each other is when we're looking at somebody's photo, the left side of a face shows um, what they show the world. And you can look at your own photo and do this. So the left side of the face facing the, the picture, if you have the picture in front of you, yeah, the yeah. left side of the face shows what the person is showing to the world, who they represent themselves as. The right side of the face shows who they really are. And so typically on the right side of the face, the trauma is held. So before I had a lot of trauma and my face was uneven. I could look in photos and I couldn't get one side of my face not to squint completely. The eyes would close. It was like contorted as I've done Kundalini yoga and as I've done white Tantra and as I've done my meditations daily, my face has evened out. My eyes are even now. And that's, and as I did particularly the Jupiter chakra meditation, which is what you're doing, your face will even out. And so I'm bringing this up just so everyone has some idea is that the, the level of consciousness can be seen within somebody and the trauma can be found within yourself and within other people you're coming into contact with. So do you have any questions? What are you thinking right now? Um, um, I noticed something similar in general when you look at the pictures of some people that you can really say somehow if you focus on the picture where they are in that moment where the picture was taken. And yeah. if you look back several years before, uh, it's really crazy. You see really how what the people went through what the change was or if it went worse or if it went better and right and um especially some childhood pictures uh, that i've looked at uh from me and that was really like uh, i could tell you know even though as a child you would say oh children are always so happy but i could see on the picture that something is wrong you know like like the the, fo the eye focus is not there or, or something you know always already already not not so not so present and um, and uh, yeah and do you sometimes so for me now I think it's because I did the Jupiter chakra meditation for two years which is for childhood trauma and I begin now I can basically if somebody walks up to me I can see where they're stuck in childhood I, so when you do these Kundalini meditations and you do them for a very long time you basically become the meditation and as a result of that I. I, this is my experience of it. You, the meditation that affects everyone around you. So these meditations, these Kundalini meditations is like, once it's in my auric field and I face my demon, I then give a chance to another woman to face hers. 
without even necessarily speaking about it. It can be even over the airwaves like this. It could be in my voice. It's almost like a, a silent transmission. So as we're all changing each other, all of this work, the spiritual work we're doing for the next generation doesn't have to be vocal. It's in a vibratory frequency. And so, so like if I, because I've done all that personal work like you're doing with the Jupiter chakra meditation, which is in my book, Mystical Motherhood, it's amazing. If you had any childhood trauma, it put you on a path and begin to heal it quickly. Um, then you can help other people and you can easily see where they're stuck. So if somebody walks up to me, I can be like eight years old, beat by his father. <laughs> and it's like, it's on. And then immediately without even, I don't have to say anything. They'll say, I was beat by my father at eight years old. I'm like, I know. I just heard that. And then they're able to open up to me and they don't even know why they're telling me that within 10 minutes of meeting me. Mm. But it's because I went through a transformation of healing that trauma or whatever, what, you know, whatever my trauma was, whatever their trauma was. And maybe it wasn't even trauma to them or trauma to me, but it allows the space for them to see it within themselves like a mirror. And so back to the personality thing is like soon these personalities that are staring at you in your auric field and saying, and, and Ed, what's his name? Uh, Joe? <laughs> Joe, Joe, and Joe starts looking at you like, are you going to play victim? Are you going to play victim? And you're like, no, Joe, not today. And you're going to like battle with these and you got to, and it's like, we all have to begin to, you have to begin to know yourself so well. It's like, what do you go to? What's your go-to? Where, where, where are you looking? So is it, where does it live? So like, let's say it lives up here. Okay. Joe's up there. We know it's there. We know it's there. Mm. And what is it going to come out? So then for you, you're talking from the beginning of the beginning of this journey with us. So tell us the pattern of when Joe begins to arise and who Joe likes, who are Joe's friends. So victimhood's one, but then Joe has mm. five, six friends, right? They always have five, six friends. Yes, uh, but what what would you mean by friends exactly? So, like Yogi Bhajan says, like with one sabotager, there's always five friends. So, like let's say you drink alcohol, your 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 sabotager is drinking alcohol. Then, with the drinking of the alcohol, too much alcohol, you're going to sleep in. You're going to feel like crap. Probably going to eat the wrong food. You're going to call the wrong guy, and then you're going to feel really shitty about yourself. Right? That's five friends. <laughs> You know, like, that's just like a basic, uh, okay. or, you know, like, so each of these, each of our go-to sabotagers, so mine is abandonment. My little girl's like, where are you going? I need you. And it's like, no, I don't. I'm having so much fun. Why do I need somebody to always be there? That's my go-to little girl. And now mm. I, but it, I mean, I would go through just so you know, the journey when I was in the water element, my, my abandonment issue would take up months to days of my energy. That's what, where am I? My destiny. I couldn't do my destiny because I'll, I'll name, let's name abandonment Betty. Betty, Betty and I would just have conversations all day long about everybody mm. us and what, why they're such assholes. And so Betty and I just lived together. I was basically having a full relationship with Betty. Mm. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then that be, and then it's like, and we think, we're normal? No, we're all living in crazy loony houses. Mm. And, yeah, it, and it's taking all your energy, right? What was that? It takes all your energy. Yeah. Mm. And you don't even know who you are or what you came here to create or the destiny that you were put on until you begin to clear it. And not, not until I went through all this work. I mean, I went through seven years of deep, deep daily excavation of my psyche 
Did my books mm. flow through? Did I be able to help other women? I mean, so at least you're starting and then that's how you pull another one with you. And then you tell another friend and then you tell another friend and then we're all going to pull each other out of this. Yeah. So you don't have to live with your friends and all his. So, okay. So let's say, let's, let me give you an example. So I'm living with Betty. Betty and I are super abandoned and we're so sad, mm-hmm. right? When I'm in the water element, when I probably after I had the babies and during, because that's all the water and the water is so sad, yes. conscious, of course, <laughs> but it's also when you become very psychic. So you become more, you know, more perceptive, the environment. So you just have to know all these things are possible within this element. There's the negatives to the positives of it. And again, you can read about this in fertile, which is, you can find on the first page of mysticalmotherhood.com. It's an amazing book, but so let's say I had the abandonment issues what would be Betty's friends? What would I go to, to to really mess myself up? Probably drink alcohol. Betty liked alcohol. You know, like yeah. too much wine. What else did Betty like? Betty, you know, just whatever. Like Betty would feed it. Betty Betty needed to be fed first. So what the, my teachers say in, at the Rama Institute, Guru Jagar always has a really good way of saying this. She says, the subconscious thought form will always be fed first. So you could have destiny mm-hmm. in front of you. You could have king. So for me, it was that I wanted to get to this juicy, amazing, loving relationship. And I have been on a journey my whole life to get to this. And then there's all these things in the way that want to, that want to come first. And these sabotagers, Betty, mm. Betty wants to just, just Betty's still there. And now I'm like, Oh no, 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 Betty, we're not doing this. You know? Mm. And so it's like Betty who used to take up, you know, months of my time now takes up a few minutes but it's still there even after eight years, but it's almost like I catch it now. And I know right to go to the little girl that's abandoned because right now in this moment, Mm. I'm not abandoned. Not a part of me is, is feeling lack. So it's, it has to be an aspect of my childhood or a little girl within me that still needs to be that's still unhealed. And then one day I know Betty will fully disappear. Mm. Is this helping? Yes, for sure. Mm. I mean, there there are so many aspects of this uh, thought forms that are coming through. It's 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 like amazing. On right? Daily on a daily basis. I mean, you, some days you can say I'm crazy, you know, because I'm just battling with my own thoughts and and I didn't even if I stay at home, you know, I would just be with the baby and uh, do nothing tiring or something. At the end of the day, I'm completely exhausted and and yeah and that's particularly the postpartum period and that's particularly the water period so let's pretend like let's look at the water element because the postpartum is your your the water is is you know the unconscious and so it's like if you're an if you're go back to that chapter in my book of understanding the water element so you really know what element you're in and you begin to be become the commander of the element so that one day water doesn't take over and then when you get to the wind element, anxiety doesn't take over. And so water is these super, super deep subconscious and unconscious things that you've never dealt with before. And water typically gives you the time to deal with it. Mm. So that's what's going on is like you're literally in this ocean of time. Mm. It's like It's like going by so slow and so fast and then... Mm. Well, tell me what other it's what other unpredictable. 
predictable, basically. You know, it's like you, you don't see the wave coming. There are some days it's calm and the other days it's like tsunami. Yeah. So, you know what? Two yeah. things that really helped me with the addictive thoughts, and I mean, whoever's listening, I cannot tell you how much I avoided this meditation, but it's called the addiction meditation. And it's in Mystical Motherhood, my first book, and you can Google it on YouTube for free. It's actually on my website, www.mysticalmotherhood.com, and the top bar for free. You put your email address in, it's free. And it's my download from my book. It is the easiest meditation. You put your thumbs on your temple and you squeeze your back molars and you, 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 as you're squeezing, you silently chant Sata Nama. I was, my, one of my biggest subconscious thought forms, my biggest sabotager that I've been speaking about in many podcasts is my father. And so, so remember we can take these until we become to really awakened and really look at our consciousness. Any thoughts we're having, or if they're not creative, they're going to be destructive. And so my, my, any of my destructive thought forms tend to be obsessed with the male and the negative aspects of the male. So you may be experiencing this too, are you? I'm going to guess you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sure. let's all just say we're projecting all these negative things on the male. And so maybe the male's not, maybe the male's abandoning us and yeah. probably not reality because they're just working <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> like paying for, you know, whatever they're doing, who cares? Um, then maybe the male doesn't give us enough love or the male's not exactly enough, right? Not listening enough. Yeah, the male's not listening. What listening. else? The male do? Tell me what the male does to you. Um, so for me, it's mainly he doesn't listen enough. So he's just always talking about himself. So as if he wouldn't be interested in me. That's, that's what he does to me. <laughs> that's the, the main thing. And then you think about it, right? It's just about him, right? Yeah. Mm. Anything I'm thinking like, okay, well, why are we together, you know? <laughs> Which could be him, it could be him, or it could be that he's mirroring to you. So what these men are going to do is they're going to mirror to us anything left unhealed within us. Yeah. And so I had somebody write me about just to kind of go off subject, but not to go off subject because I'm going to tie this all in together soon. Um. I'm going to actually finish the addiction meditation experience. And then I'm going to talk about this older podcast I did on dangerous men. So with the addiction meditation, I couldn't get the obsessive negative male thoughts out of my mind, which were really connected back to disliking daddy and not having a daddy fully love me. And so I was constantly mad at the male, not loving me the way I thought they should love me when it was really, I needed to give myself that love and, yeah, actually, this this meditation we we talked about it. Uh, I think last time we in our session, and um, I started doing it also. Like I started with three minutes, and I thought I I need to give up because it's yeah I can't cool. make it. Uh, and now I I build it up to eleven minutes as well. So yeah, it took yeah. me five years to start that meditation because it, any meditation you're completely. Um, like horrified by <laughs> is the one you should do <laughs> because okay. it's the one that's like your consciousness knows it's going to change you. Mm. And yeah. so I didn't want to do that one. And then finally, when I did it, it did the most for me and it's the simplest one. Mm. I think it's addiction of just, you know, 
doing drugs or drinking or something. And our, it's really our addictive thoughts. And so I bet if you up exactly. that, what's his name again, this guy that works, your victim? Joe. Joe, yeah. Joe. Joe won't have as much power because Joe is probably just related back to daddy and mommy. Mm. You know, yeah. that's all it is. Joe's just a living fragment of your imagination because mommy and daddy don't live with you anymore. I'm relieving it's over and over again. And then I was going to link in this past podcast, but I don't remember how to do it. I think somebody wrote it and they were saying, which I might do a podcast with her, but she said, how, you know, I did a podcast on, did I, did I talk about how to spot a dangerous man? No. No. Okay. So there's a book. I did a podcast on, on, a, on a book called how to spot a dangerous man before you get involved. And in it, it has, you know, all the different factors of a type of male there is. So we're talking about this because we're mad, we're mad at your husband, right? We had yeah. a lot of, <laughs> we, <laughs> but <laughs> is all of anything we're creating in our relationships, even if it's fragments, any abandonment issues, any lack of love, any lack, it lives in us first. And until we really understand that, so I was always attracting these dangerous men in some sort of shape, manner, form. And, and I mean, and then even I've had women come to me and say, well, is there a good man out there? And I'm like, oh, yes, there are. But you have to clear yourself so much that you, you bring that good man comes to you. So a woman wrote me and said, well, what yeah. if, why can't we give these men a chance? If, you know, like, what, what are they going to work through it? So the, the woman in this book who wrote How to Spot a Dangerous Man he was just saying these men are pathological and these, you know, different, like the, these different read, just listen to the podcast. It was like three or four ago, whoever's really good for anyone to listen to anybody, but these different aspects of the male, um, that's fine that they're pathological. They probably won't change, but you can't try to change them. The only thing you can do is change yourself and then begin to attract a higher caliber man. So exactly. if you want to experience your, so what do we want your husband to do more? What do we want? How do we want to change it? So we're going to change it within you first. So what do you want him to do? You want him to listen to you? Just be more, uh, when I talk to him, just that he, he remembers what I say. And uh, he asked me how, how am I doing? And, um, yeah, just more, more taking care of me, kind of. <laughs> okay. So where do you think that comes from in your, like, because if you, so that's also like, I am going to believe that if you begin to, to gather more like of your own self-worth, of your own self-confidence, of your own love for yourself, you would automatically tell him these things. And then the, the, exactly. the answer would become even. Because your victim, this is kind of this is kind of Joe too. Joe kind of likes the pattern, the sabotager of like he's not listening to me. Yeah. In reality, like, are you speaking up? That's what he's telling me. He's saying, "Yeah, but you never t tell me anything." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I want you to show me you're interested in me. If I tell you, uh, it's not the same because." Sometimes you don't even listen to me when I talk, so then I shut down, you know. But who's talking, so, you or Joe? Get um, it? 
I think it's Joe. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then, then we begin to, to really look at, so everyone who's listening, whoever you're Betty, Joe, pick your, pick your battle, right? Write the name down. So everyone who's listening, let's, let's name our shit, give it a funny name and then see how many times Betty or Joe, cause my little abandonment will sneak into everything. And your, your victimhood likes to sneak into everything and how much we project it onto the other person. Because the victim also typically doesn't like to speak up because the victim member, they're, 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 they're victims. They can't breathe. And like, this, like, let's go to the archetype and then go to the archetype of that. So what mm-hmm. does the archetype of the victim look like? They can't breathe. They might be dead. They might be being, you know, I, I think of a victim and they're getting strangled, right? Yeah. And they just, mm-hmm. it goes back into what we we're talking about. You probably get into that form, like you shape shift into the victim Mm. your body may contort when Joe comes out and you're like, Oh, this is Joe. It's not me. No, no. And actually it's a a funny, funny thing because we were watching a load of the ring with, uh, with my husband lately. So watching the three, three movies because he never watched it. And you know, there's this, this persona, this character who's called uh, Gollum. So I don't know if you've seen the movie, but uh, Gollum is basically like this horrible character, like hiding in the cave and having double personality. So like talking to himself and, and his reflection is talking back to him. And after some points, uh, my husband was starting to call me Gollum, you know, every time. So, well, so I'm really... just reading for that. I'm just, and just yeah. so he's seeing, he's just he saying it in a funny it. way a man would say what I'm reading for you that they're telling me to tell you right now is... This is who's talking to you. You're telling me, I feel like I have personalities talking to me. So we know it, find out where it lives, find out what it looks like, look it in the eye every single day and see how many times and how, so that, what we're talking about, that, that sabotager will have five different friends. And so those five different friends will come in these other forms. So just like, he doesn't listen to me. It's like, no, that's the victim that feels strangled that they can't speak up for themselves. And once that victim becomes solidly healed within you, your partner will not make, will not be able to mirror it back to you because it won't live within you anymore because you don't need to experience it anymore. You'll want to experience something different with him. And if at some point your frequencies change, like you heal so much that he doesn't need to become a mirror for you, then you'll find a new partner to mirror something new to you. Mm. And, and it's like, if we stop looking at it as this is sad or this is horrible, and it's hard to go through. But that's the reality of this world is you're just going to, everything's just a mirror of your consciousness. Everything seems perfect. There is still something coming in the way because it's, it's not us, right? It's a, it's a different part of ourselves that is speaking through us in some way. And the trauma, the, yeah. the beliefs, the, yeah. I, I'm still amazed how, how powerful this is, how it influences your whole life, your every decision, how it can even destroy your relationship. I mean, I could destroy this relationship, although my husband is, is in many ways, that's the, the man of my life, I would say. And, and you can destroy it in an instant. Let's say I'm, I'm amazed how, how, how powerful those thought forms are and how it can shape your life. And for me, in, at several points, 
several times it could have destroyed my relationship with my husband and uh, and that's not what i want but sometimes it's acting it's 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 making me act in ways that that are really not not appropriate or very destructive but that's what joe the joe the victim or joe you know the sabotager would want for you and you have to look at these things as almost like and when i say entities sometimes they are living entities like negative ghosts or negative mm. that suck out your life and the way entities and entities are just as real as like light filled beings and people have them so if somebody's flipping from um, personality if you have somebody in your life that's flipping from personality to personality to personality they may even like you act super psychotic mm. or they often um ruin it that can be a living entity within them and it has to be released or they, they, they don't even sometimes remember when they're flipping from person to person. So if you're conscious of it, you can just be like, this is just a part of my personality, but this is how complicated we are. Does that feel, I mean, and I don't feel like this is an entity for you, but entities come in at a time when you may be drinking, you, you call out for protection, basically. It could be in childhood. It could be when you're on drugs mm. drinking, or getting abused. So if there's been times in your life that you're completely out of control and you're calling out for help and your frequency is very, very, very low, and there's could be your mother has them or your father or somebody, that's a different thing, an entity, like an, a negative force upon you than these subconscious um, thought forms that I'm speaking of. The subconscious thought forms I'm thinking of are, are, are speaking of are, are kind of like what looks you in the face, these personalities. Yeah. So do you think Joe runs the show or do you think um, Joe has any other friends? Um, I think Joe has a, a lot of friends, um, but he's very sneaky, you know. So since I started working um, on discovering in which ways he's behaving, it's it's calmed down. As you said, it's now it's not happening every day or every other day. It's happening maybe once a week or every two weeks that he needs to, to play his victimhood. But he definitely has some friends uh, in the area of, uh, of um, abandonment, you know, the fear of being separated. So, so first, Joe likes to be victim. And mm. Joe's, if Joe doesn't get attention from victim, then Joe will move to abandonment. And then what does mm. abandonment look like? Um, it would be like... Um, anxiety you know every time um uh, somebody's leaving me and uh, there would be a, it's it's not very strong you know sometimes it's very just like i'm noticing okay oh i'm very i'm very sad this person is leaving and it's almost like it would be over you know like something is uh, not my life is over but you know like i really feel this deep uh, void and uh, emptiness um, especially when it's people who are uh, close to me. So let's say my husband would go out with some friends. Even if I want him to do this, I would feel very, very abundant at times. And uh, yeah, that, that's one example. So that's one friend. So the abandonment's one friend. Is there another emotion that goes with Joe? So that's sadness. Joe likes sadness. Likes to feel really bad, right? Mm. Um, he also, there's also the food aspect. So basically, uh, I need to eat all the time. 
and sometimes it's I don't even really I'm not really in the mo in the present moment when I eat I'm really just like uh, eating very quickly and and uh, eating until I'm really stuffed you know and um, so but that's, that's actually that a gift be because in a way let's flip that let's so I always like to flip things on people so to find mm -hmm. the ground around the gifts that we have so. Remember I told you, we, we know Joe's coming around when you, your body gets contorted. You start to look up to the right or the left, the face, mm. the body, right? We know Joe's coming out. And then yeah. we know Joe's coming out big time when the food starts coming. And so <laughs> like, okay, that's, a, that's right there. You know, Joe's, you're probably at the peak of Joe. Joe's like, I am ready and I'm going to go party tonight. So you're get the, <laughs> your husband's finally going out for drinks. Um, you go into abandonment mode, food comes out. So it's like right there, catch it. But we mm. love sabotage so much. We're so used to the sabotage cycle. And, and it's just like a, a binge and purge. It's like, it's just like drugs. So if, you know, people are like, I, I don't do, I don't smoke weed anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't drink anymore. It's like, well, did you really get to what was going on of why you were drinking? Mm -hmm. get to the thing of like what caused the drinking because they'll just transfer it onto something else and and these yeah. sabotagers within us are connected so some might be a cocaine some might be um you know heavy alcohol or some other things like might be sugar and that sugar is a numbing mechanism so that you actually mm -hmm. don't get to fully feel joe yeah that's what i really noticed that and the thing is Right now, I'm, every time I eat, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, shit, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm eating again. <laughs> and that's, that's really, I, I notice it, but I don't really know what to do with it because it's, um, it's quite strong, you know. I really need to eat, otherwise I become aggressive or I become uh, unsettled. So, so it's not... Well, because if you don't eat... Okay, I get... There's, so that's your, that's your way to numb. And that's your way the little girl feels safe when she eats because she feels loved, right? But in reality, that aggression and that feeling of it is probably going to get Joe out of your body or to get this victim, the victim, really, healed faster is to fully feel it. And this whole world would heal a lot faster if we all you know, didn't smoke so much weed or do so much CBD. All of these things are just mass media produced um, experiences to numb us out so that we continue to be, to play robots to these sabotagers that live within ourselves and the whole entire system. I mean, it really blows. It really, once you begin to awaken, it's like when I began to awaken to all of this, like there's not only these personalities within us, but then it's, there's an entire controlled system around the government and around our food. I mean, I'm not being a crazy woman here. I'm just saying it's like, it's nuts out there. And so how, why do we, and, and of course we all do it, but it's like, let's do it less and less and less and less. And back to the addiction meditation, it's going to stop those things too. And so that when you're, when you're going to the food, it's the little girl that needs to feel safe with something because she's at home alone and nobody's with her loving her. So she needs to fill herself back up because she doesn't know how to self-soothe yet. But she uses food to do so. And so if she literally maybe didn't eat 
or if you're listening and your go-to is alcohol or your go-to is weed or your go-to is rubbing CBD oil, oil, you're not offensive to any of these things. I have done everything, every drug I promise I've done. Um, but not anymore because I just stopped needing them to numb myself out because I had to go directly into my pain and fully feel the original wound. Hmm. How does this feel, Sarah? Um, yeah, I, um, I must say I'm becoming more and more aware of that. So it's, there's just this little voice in my head, you know, saying like, oh, it's okay. Just, just eat it this time. You, you can listen to this voice and analyze it later or another time. This time it's fine if you, if you just eat, and, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like kind of post- postponing it. About it. Sorry? So your homework will be, this is your homework, your start of your homework. Yeah. And this is a new moon. So first off, do your new moon intentions today. Okay. And of new moon intentions and do it in the ancient sacred way where you start in a circle and you circle out, I need whatever. So I need to feel grounded. I need to feel loved. I need to learn to um, be balanced with my partner. I need more money or whatever. That's a really good thing to do on the new moon. That's just one homework. And you circle your needs in a big circle and then you put a symbol on the outside and you do it all in a circle, like circling out and then circling it all. And then a symbol. And then, so also for your homework, you're going to take your sabotager and you're going to put it in the middle of a piece of paper. Anybody who's listening, name your guy. Mine's Betty, right? So we got Betty and then from that Betty from the middle of the paper that might be looking kind of like a gross cell, like a cell that we're trying to break down, like oozes out. Then you're going to name all the things that feed with, feed with that. Yours is Joe. Yeah. So all the feed, yeah. feed, feed Joe, all the, all the go-to, we're just going to go with five maybe that Joe likes and keeps Joe alive. What feeds Joe? Because the, the cell the, the, the virus, the cancer, the whatever it is within you needs food. Yeah. And so literally, half one is yours is food. So when you go into these modes, and yours might be these thought forms, so the patterns of like whatever it is, then you, you have your piece of paper out and you're like, oh my God, this isn't me. This is the thought form feeding itself. Hmm. And this is what's keeping me away from my destiny and going to mess up my kid's life. Mm. I mean, if you're not doing it for yourself, do it for your child. Just do it like that. Be like, and for me, it was like, I was so angry. I was viciously mad. And if I didn't change, I would have created terrified children because I had so much anger running through me because of my father. And until I went deeply into the wound of my father, I just now catch myself when I'm angry, like within seconds now. And before I could have, it was just in me. I was so mad. I was mad at the male. And, and that might be a part of Joe too. Yeah. And you, so back to, I'm back to this, this podcast thing that I did before on Dangerous Men. I'm only bringing this up because we're talking about your husband and the things that we blame all these things on them, right? If you're in a, if you're in a relationship, it's all them or... It's not. Whatever they're, whatever they're mirroring to you or you're even beginning to think about them. So they might not have even done it yet. You're already projecting they're going to do it. I, I do that all the time. I'm projecting the abandonment before it happens. It hasn't happened, right? Hmm. So, so it makes me laugh because it's like that's how messed up we are. But if I'm experiencing it within me, 
it's still left unhealed. If I'm, and if it's, I'm experiencing it within anybody else's personality or what they're, how they act, it's still left within me unhealed. Otherwise, I wouldn't experience it through them. They wouldn't be in my field anymore. And particularly sometimes when these men get out of your field or even women, let's replace it with women, you, it just, it's not in your frequency anymore. You don't need the lesson anymore. So if you're out of a relationship and it's not working, it's because you don't need that lesson anymore. Hmm. Or that person will meet you there. Like if you're still supposed to be in, someone's still supposed to be in your life, their consciousness will change at the same rate as yours and they'll stay. Hmm. Yeah. What are you thinking? Um, yeah, I'm thinking it's um, that's really true. Um, I can see this, you know, like it's ref basically it's reflected for me straight away. As soon as I start working on something, I mean, for example, still since I started working with you, um, the relationship with my husband improved so much, you know. I mean, maybe he doesn't feel it, but I feel inside of me there is much less conflict. So maybe there are still some things that are active to Joe, but it's not as much or not as intense as it used to be. So it's really, yeah, it's a, it's a work you have to do, right? And uh, it, it takes some time. And, and what you did is you changed the relationship within yourself. So then that's all this works about. And this is what my third book is going to be about. All of this stuff we project onto anybody else, it all lives within you first. It is never the other person or you yeah. wouldn't be experiencing it. I mean, maybe they are showing you that, but it's just an aspect of you. And, and it becomes, so once you begin to catch it faster and you begin to really awaken, you just look at people and whatever they're mirroring to you is an aspect of yourself. And as your frequency begins to change, and you'd be like, that was actually going to be mystical motherhood's name is new frequency. And then that didn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> so it's mystical motherhood. Mm -hmm. But as your frequency begins to change, the people around you will, you know, if, if you become more light, you're going to be surrounded by way more lighter people. If you have any more darkness in you that needs to come out, darkness will come. And darkness is always going to be attracted to the light, but it can be repelled faster. Hmm. So as you begin to change yourself, the other person is going to meet you there or they're going to leave because it will not work anymore. And both of those are beautiful things. There's nothing wrong with any of it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. That's the great thing about this is uh, on every moment, you know where you are, actually. You just have to look. What is, what is in my life at the moment and what is surrounding me? What are the people surrounding me? How do they behave? And it's a direct ref reflection of what is, what is going on inside. That's, that's really, that's amazing, actually. It is amazing. And it's amazing. So you can look right at your partner and just be so grateful for him mm. for doing this for you. And then you can look at Joe and be like, this is funny. This is crazy. And then make fun of it yeah <laughs> maybe actually maybe it's not joe maybe it's really Gollum. yeah like call it <laughs> right <Gollum>. name <laughs> and then make a joke with your husband about it be like Gollum's coming out and i promise you your husband has stuff too it's just like 
men are just like less complicated. Like we can have like 16 things going on in our minds and we're actually running 16 things and we're going forward and backwards and in present time. All mm. And the male is watching TV. I mean, it's yeah. not weird. And they're like, we don't know what they're like. We don't know what you're talking about. Everything's fine. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> and he's right. He's probably just, he's saying, speak up. And you're like, well, you need to have me. No, it's like, no, just learn to speak up. And that's just gaining your self-worth and you gaining your self-esteem. And it takes some practice. Yeah. 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 And you, you need to take ownership of, of your, of your things, right? So what you want to have, you, you, you need to step for it. And, and really, I mean, yeah, as you're saying, when I want him to listen more, maybe I should say more things on my own first of all. And um, that's something I'm, I was avoiding always because there's this fear of being rejected if I, if I speak my truth or if I say what I really think and what, I, what are my needs. So, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? Was this helpful? Do you have any more questions? Um, for, for me it's more how how to deal when it's really becoming strong you know like at, as I told you at the moment the wave is is very strong in a way it's it's showing in my it's showing up in my reality so how how do you deal when it's deal with it when it's like this well I think it takes years to swim through the subconscious and just when you think you swam through it, you're going to, I mean, it's literally like swimming, go back to fertile and, and just imagine yourself in an ocean. And it's like mm-hmm. each dead fish you come upon, is like a layer after layer after layer of things that happen to you. And each of those things go back into like the first breath of life to the womb, to, to the moment you connected with your parents' consciousness at birth to the universe, to the past lives, to your family's generational history. It's really never ending. And, and like, what's the purpose? That's why nobody ever wants to go into it because it's a never ending muck. And Mm. so for me, it's honestly just now finally taking a breath of joy and love and, and laughter in my life, but it took so many years of so much practice of going through all that. And as I went through it on my own personal level, the more muck I cleared out, the more I could channel for people like these books, the more like the third book's going to be much better than the first two. And each one's going to get better. And the, you know, the podcast or the creative things or being able to work with people at the clinic, I got on my destiny. And so that's what your mission is. It's, it's so that you begin to clear out all these other things, these, these, people, I guess we call them the personalities that live within us that try to take us off our path because we all came here for a mission and our children came here for a mission. So if we don't even make our mission, which most of us don't, and I don't even know there's some stat to it of like, we all have a mission. We wouldn't have come here. We all have something to do, but only like 1% make it. And there's des- there's actually top levels to that destiny. So let's say you let's say there's six different glass ceilings you want to bust through so you might bust through one glass ceiling and be like okay i'm fine just living the rest of this incarnation out but you could bust through six more ceilings and bust out a lot more information or projects or helping people or people you touch and 
And the projects, if you're listening, it's like, it's not about becoming famous. It's not about how, you know, people knowing your name necessarily. It can even be just in your frequency because I ha- there's a, it's, it's, it could even just be in, in the way that you touch a person's heart and then their heart is opened and they touch somebody else's heart. And so all the work you're doing, if you're listening and, or you're doing the spiritual work, especially you, Sarah, is it could be just for your own baby in front of you. And because of that, you don't know what your child's destiny is and how many people that child may touch. And sometimes with my own work, I don't even think it's about mystical motherhood in these books and this podcast and these things. I think it's so that my children can make it to their destiny. And I think their destiny is so much bigger than anything I could ever create. So all the work I could be doing on each other, talk, doing on myself, talking about these children is really just so that my own kids don't get messed up like I was. Hmm. Yeah. Is that a perspective of it? Um, that's, that's really, for, for me, I, I, I feel the same. Um, I mean, since I have this child, I really feel that he, he's going to do things differently and he's going to finally break the circle of, of the, all the repetitive habits and, and thoughts and everything that's been in my generation and in the generations before. So, um, yeah, I, I really feel that I need to do this, not only for myself, but also for him and for maybe the other children to come. Right. And another thing, if anyone's listening, you'll finally meet a teacher in your life. and The teacher will come. So I want to read a quote. It's a, it, this is a quote I wrote the day I um, did the stairs in India with Guru Jaga. And it says, 80% of people meet their teacher in their lifetime and run. And that's a fact. So if you're listening, 80% of you will meet your spiritual teacher in your lifetime. And you look at that spiritual teacher and you're conscious. It's just like looking right, you know, not wanting to deal with the subconscious thought form in front of you. So you know that, you know, this guy exists, but you're like, I can't conquer this. So 80% will meet their teacher, the spiritual teacher and run away from their spiritual teacher. So that might be like you walk into a yoga class, you're really attracted to the teacher or you find a book and the book is leading to, and you will like, you'll, you'll meet that, that, that person that's going to guide you out of this illusion about out of all this subconscious gunk and mess, at least put you on your path for more incarnations and everybody runs away. Just like you, it's the same kind of con- like idea of you taking food to numb yourself out. And then I have mm-hmm. a, I'll read a teacher is an artist with hammer and chisel. Whenever you meet a teacher, God, there will be a spark. At first introduction of you and your teacher, you are going to find what is wrong with you. Mostly you will not like what you hear. You'll skip that person. You are most welcome to skip it, but you do not know what you have lost, that one chance, chance which the soul was promised. And so what you're doing, Sarah, here, this work is you're looking into your soul, which is vast and never ending. So once we eliminate this subconscious thought form, another one will arise. And then you become, so what it's all about, the only thing you need to do in this life is empty yourself. Hmm. Come back to the root, to the, the origin of, of everything. Yeah. And you're going back to the original belief system, each one of them, where they're found, 
and pulling them out one by one by one because none of it's true. None of it. Yeah. So is there any more questions you have or do you feel like you have enough homework or a better understanding of what's going on? Does, was this helpful for you? Anything you need? Yeah, that's that's super helpful. Thank you very much. Um, I think I'm I'm gonna work on that first of all, and and let's see what what comes up next. But now it's the good a good time for me since it's a lot is coming up. That's that's a good time to work on it. Right. So begin to see all the patterns of where this it manifests from this one major thing, and how all of these patterns begin to just just try to destroy you and your happiness. Hmm. You'll be absolutely amazed by it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.